I'm Andrew Schweitzer, and you're listening to the Boxing for Free podcast. Yeah, my prediction for uh, Thurman versus Garcia did not go how I expected it to. But at the same time, I've never been more happy to be so off in a prediction. Uh, we'll get to that a bit later because there's a lot that I want to say about Thurman versus Garcia. I've got a lot of thoughts about it. But uh, first, let's look at some fights that were on the undercard. Chad Dawson, how the mighty have fallen, knocked out by Andrew Fonfara. You know, it's hard to believe, but uh, this coming September, that'll be uh, five years since he lost to Andre Ward. A brutal, brutal one-sided beatdown he took. And I honestly don't think that that was the end for Chad Dawson. I think that he could have bounced back, except immediately afterwards he decided to fight Adonis Stevenson. And that didn't work out too well. I mean, Andre Ward did do a lot of damage, but that was mostly because Chad Dawson had to cut so much weight just to make it down to 168 pounds, which he said he could do. I mean, a lot of people like to bring that up as an excuse, but at the same time, Andre Ward didn't tell Dawson, look, you've got to come down to 168 pounds. Watch the uh, uh, Bernard Hopkins fight, the second one that he won, and you can hear Dawson saying, yeah, I'll come down to 168 pounds to fight Ward. Did that. That was a mistake. Went back to 175. uh, Made an even bigger mistake by fighting Adonis Stevenson. Yeah, so uh, this is the... uh, I believe it's the uh, third, yeah, the third TKO or just knockout loss for Dawson. Currently has a record of 34 wins, five defeats, 19 wins by way of knockout. He's 34 years of age. Maybe it's time to really consider retirement. I mean, I don't think that there's anything left that he can really do, but that's just me. Yeah, once again, how the mighty have fallen. Moving on. Erickson Lubin made short work of Jorge Cota, uh, stopping him in four rounds. Thankfully, this fight uh, did not go the distance like Ray Leonard originally predicted. Then he took back his prediction, and then it came true. Uh, For the most part, Lubin was in control of the fight, but uh, Cota was making it pretty interesting. And uh, it, it was in the fourth round, and... Coda had his back against the ropes, and Lubin did this weird sort of crouch. And I'm live. If you follow uh, me on Twitter at Boxing for Free, you'll know that I was live tweeting throughout the broadcast. And Lubin did this crouch, and just as I was about to type, you know, what was with that crouch that he just did? Because he gets down really low. And then all of a sudden, he just comes back with his lead left hand that dropped Lubin, and the referee stopped the fight. Uh, originally, I thought that the stoppage might have been a bit premature, but looking back at it uh, immediately afterwards during the replay, I thought, okay, you know what, actually, that that was a good stoppage. So now Lubin uh, sets himself up for a uh, junior middleweight title shot, And during the interview, unfortunately, Jim Gray said that Lubin had a chance to become the youngest champion in history. You know, earlier in the broadcast, like I said, if if you were following me on Twitter, 
you'll know that I said that it's a bit sad that I have to that I that I don't feel confident in the facts with PBC that I have to uh, that I have to basically fact check some of their stuff. And remember, PBC only I think it was a week or two weeks previous to this broadcast they said that uh, Virgil Hunter was the trainer to Gennady Golovkin, which. <laughs> I don't know if it's funny or sad or both, but either way, uh, <laughs> no, I guess it's funny. Um, you know, it, like I said, it's sad that I have to fact check, but you'd think that somebody with the boxing experience of uh, Jim Gray would know that Lubin would not be the, uh, the youngest champion ever because, well, just a few moments earlier, they were talking about Wilfred Benitez being the youngest champion out of any weight division. And yeah, Benitez was, if I recall, 17 years, 5 months, 23 days when he won the junior welterweight championship from Antonio Kid Cervantes. So, come on, BBC. Like, or Jim Gray, regardless, you're working for him. So, get your facts straight, please. Or at least try to remember the facts that you're stating or that your colleagues are stating just a few moments previous to this. Either way, uh, good performance from Lubin. I'm glad the fight didn't go the distance. And uh, yeah, can't wait to see what happens next in Lubin's career. Moving on. So we get to the main event. Keith One-Time Thurman versus Danny Swift Garcia. Welterweight unification title fight. I got to be honest, my, my heart was uh, pounding for this fight. It, it really was. I mean, I get excited watching boxing. And in the lead up to the fight, I'm following everything that's going on in on the Twitterverse, if you will. Uh, Sugar Ray Leonard was asking questions, and uh, I told him my prediction, and he saw that it was me, so immediately he had to respond as well and said that it's a... Uh, it's a great fight where either fighter can win. <laughs> very, a very down the middle prediction for Ray, even though he was uh, kind of leaning towards uh, Keith Thurman. And so the ring walk starts, and immediately I get a message from Justin, and I'm kind of like, "Oh, well, what what's going on here?" He, and it's like, "Okay, just check it out." And he says. Thurman is wearing those skirt trunks, and that's always a bad sign for me. It's like, okay, well, I, I don't know. Maybe Justin lost some money betting on Hector Camacho one time. I, I don't know what his problem with the skirt trunks is, as he calls them. But uh, regardless, I mean, if he had a problem with, the, with uh, Thurman's trunks, I'm very curious as to what his thoughts were on Danny Garcia's. Danny Garcia comes out wearing this mask and i don't know it looked like the, the the mask looked like a mix of memoirs of a geisha and the joker i, I just couldn't get it it's like okay so what is this exactly I, I i don't i don't get it can anybody help me out here hello what why does you you're puerto rican so why do you look like a Japanese geisha? Hello? Anyway, the fight got off to a very fast start on Thurman's part. And 
it did not stay as uh, it didn't stay at that pace. Unfortunately, I, I thought that it was going to uh, really pick up. But uh, Garcia, I, I thought he was wobbled in the first round at one point. Uh, I don't know. I, I like this fight. I thought it was a good fight, but in the end, not a great fight. Not a great fight. And I, I really wish that the promotion of this fight did not constantly bring up Sugar Ray Leonard versus Thomas Hearns. I just really wish that they didn't do that. Instead, just, you know, kind of let it be its own thing instead of comparing it to Legends of Past. I just didn't think it was fair to uh, either fighter, personally, but that's just me. But regardless of how I feel about the promotion itself, I still felt that it was a good fight. I th- I felt that the Thurman was dictating the action. Uh, Garcia was trying to counter because i noticed that thurman would drop his right hand several times and i just kept thinking now danny's gonna come in with that left and sometimes he would but he'd miss and uh thurman was actually using the right uppercut a lot i i noticed that straight away it's like i don't think we've seen that from keith thurman very often and i thought that it was very effective for him and i don't get why people uh People thought this was a closer fight in the earlier rounds. I had a lot of people telling me, you don't think Danny's winning? Like, this is round four or something. And I thought, no. I might, like, you might be able to give him one round if you're feeling generous. But no, I I thought that uh, Keith Thurman was in control. But in the later rounds, I, I was having some flashbacks to De La Hoya versus Trinidad. And even Justin messaged me on Facebook again. He said, I think Thurman's given away some of these rounds. And I was like, well, possibly. I mean, he is moving a lot. He probably feels that he has it in the bag. But I, I was a bit surprised that he was doing it. Because, I don't know, maybe he felt that he was up so ahead, so far in the scorecards that it didn't matter if he gave away the last uh, two or three rounds. But... I was also I was also a bit surprised considering that Dan Birmingham is in his corner and one thing that stand that oh I this always stands out to me when I think or when I hear the name Dan Birmingham but uh, it was the Winky Wright fight against Felix Trinidad and going into the last round this is a fight that uh, Wright had just dominated from start to finish Trinidad hadn't done anything effectively offensively he's just getting peppered with jabs and left hands and i remember going into the 12th round winky's up at least well no not at least he's up 11 rounds okay and dan birmingham tells right listen we have not won this fight yet de la hoya was ahead he stopped and they gave it to this guy don't let it happen to you so i just kind of thought well hmm you know, that, that's good advice, to be honest. I mean, I don't think that there was a chance of that happening uh, with Winky against Tito, but I thought going into the last round, I mean, he was just complimenting Keith, telling him, you're doing a great job, great job, and none of this, you know, keep you know, keep at it, fight him, because they may it may be closer on the scorecards than we think. I don't know. I don't know what's going through his mind, you remember. I mean, he's 
just a few feet away watching this outside the ring. I'm in Calgary watching it on TV, so his perspective is totally different from mine. Going into the uh, 11th round, I had Keith Thurman winning seven rounds to three, and it, when the when the camera actually uh, went over to Danny Garcia's corner, the way that Angel Garcia and the uh, other handlers were talking to Danny, I could tell that they, they knew that uh, they were losing. And I don't know what was wrong with uh, Garcia in this fight. That, I mean, how am I supposed to know anyway? But um, I, like I said, I was also worried that even though he was chasing Thurman around, that he might just be winning simply because he was doing anything and that uh, Thurman wasn't being more active. I mean, even the crowd was starting to boo at certain points. I mean, they were they were trying to urge him on, so was, uh, so was uh, Garcia's corner. They were... Uh, Angel at one point was telling Danny for a left uppercut to the body, and uh, that was just before the the twelfth round. They they were telling him go to go to the body, and I'm surprised that uh, Garcia didn't do a lot more body shots. That's that's what everybody kept saying that Keith Thurman can't take body shots very well, and uh, Thurman's uh, corner was just telling him up, keep come on, like keep going, keep going. And now this is a tragic part, unfortunately, but as we go into the 12th round, I'm watching, I'm enjoying the fight, I think, you know, good, not great fight, and then all of a sudden, the transmission cuts off and cuts to a screen for a different show saying that it's, you know, the the following program is provided with described audio for blind people, and it's some stupid CBS show called Ransom. So... I was immediately pissed off, and I kind of tweeted that out there, very profanity-laced, and shut off the TV in anger, as I realized I now had to follow the rest of this fight uh, over Twitter and social media. Only, probably shouldn't have shut off the TV that quickly, because uh, they cut back to it later, and uh, I was able to catch a replay from YouTube, and uh, I had Gar- uh, I didn't have Garcia winning. I had Garcia losing. I had Keith Thurman uh, winning eight rounds to four. I I was a bit shocked when uh, I saw people announcing on media split this or yeah social media split decision split decision. I thought, oh my god, I I was kind of right, but no. Uh, sh- uh, yeah, I thought Keith Thurman won. And I was surprised that uh, Showtime, they showed a poll afterwards, uh, 41% of people thought that Garcia won the fight, so 41% of people don't know how to judge a fight, but uh, yeah, good fight, Uh, I believe the scores were 116 to 112. Uh, 115 to 113 for Thurman and 115 113 for Garcia. It was actually kind of funny when I uh, watched the replays on YouTube because when Jimmy Lennon Jr. is reading the scores, they you know they do that split screen shot where they show Garcia and Thurman. And Danny, before uh, Jimmy Lennon Jr. announces who actually won, Danny thinks that it's him because. Uh, Lennon says he is now the WBA WBC and 
Danny thought, well, wait a minute. I wasn't the WBA champion before. That was Thurman. So I've won. And him and his dad start celebrating. And then he announces that it's Keith Thurman. He just gets this look of disgust on his face. And when I cut back, or sorry, when I got uh, my transmission back, when I turned the TV back on, rather, uh, they had just finished speaking to Keith Thurman. And then they spoke to Danny. And... I thought, oh boy, here comes Angel. He, he's not beating the crap out of uh, Danny like we thought he would, or rather like Justin and I thought he would. But uh, there, I was surprised that, uh, no, Angel kept very quiet, probably because he, he knew he was on thin ice as it was anyway. But uh, yeah, afterwards, after I, I didn't uh, catch any of the press conferences, but I did get this bit of a video where just as he was leaving angel angel left with one one more classy final shot okay guys thanks he ain't from philly he ain't got a big thanks take care guys i really don't know what the hell that was about and i also don't want to know what method angel garcia used to determine that every man in philly has a big I, I really don't want to know. In fact, I shouldn't have brought this up at all. But either way, congratulations to Keith One-Time Thurman, uh, now the WBC WBA welterweight champion of the world. I hope we don't have to wait another six to eight months to see him back in the ring. Uh, it'd be very interesting if we got another fight with between him and Sean Porter. Uh it was announced recently that Porter will be fighting Andre Berto, who hasn't fought since he knocked out Victor Ortiz. And so just think about that for a sec. If Victor Ortiz had won their rematch, it would be him fighting Showtime Sean Porter. I think that would be a lot more exciting. Don't ask me why, or maybe I just want a big laugh. I don't know. Oh, that'd be a lot of fun. But, uh... Either way, I, I hope that we don't have to wait too long to see Keith Thurman back in the ring. It'd be very interesting to see him fight some more top welterweights like Errol Spence, Kell Brook. Possibilities are endless. Hell, what about Manny Pacquiao? His fight with Amir Khan isn't going forward now, and it's kind of uh, up in the air if he's ever going to be fighting Jeff Horn. So... I don't know. Like I said, I just hope we don't have to wait another six to eight months to see one of the top welterweights in the sport fight again. I mean, I I don't I don't think it's going to happen. I doubt it will. But I would love to see you know Keith Thurman actually become a superstar from this. He's, he had a great fight with Sean Porter. I thought the fight with Garcia was good, not great, but still good nonetheless. People should know who this guy is. He's a he's a boxer who looks like a guy you'd meet at a college campus who's going to lecture you about the evils of capitalism, the patriarchy, and maybe try to sell you some good weed. But he also can kick some ass when it, when it comes down to it. So, like I said, hope we get to see him again. Moving on. David Hay versus Tony Bellew. Should we really have been this shocked by the outcome? Yes, Hay is a former cruiserweight champion. Yes, he held a heavyweight title. But should we really have been shocked that he was stopped in round 10 
by Tony Bellew. Or I'm sorry, round 11. Round 11, he was stopped. Or rather, the corner threw in the towel regardless. I don't think this was that big an upset, to be honest, because I don't know if everybody else is aware of this or just in denial about this, but like ever since he lost to Vladimir Klitschko, David Hay has become a novelty act in the heavyweight division. I want you to think very carefully. After losing to Vladimir Klitschko, what the hell has David Hay done? I'm going to let that sink in for a bit. Just what has he done? The answer is nothing. He has done nothing in the heavyweight division. I, I, I'm, I'm a bit puzzled that why people are calling this such a stunning upset. It's not that stunning an upset. Bellew is a fighter who is actually a bit more active than Hay. Probably not better overall, but for some reason he was able to get this victory. But come on, did you really think that uh, David Hay was doing himself any favors by fighting all these nobodies that nobody had ever heard of in the heavyweight division? No, I, I, I just, I don't get it. And hopefully this is the end of David Hay. Uh, he had to go to the hospital immediately afterwards. He tore his Achilles tendon in the fight. And I, I, I know some people are saying that, oh, well, Bellew couldn't even put away a one-legged David Hay. Regardless, he did put him away eventually. I mean, let's not look at Bellew as a, a picture of pristine physical fitness, okay? But at the same time, let, let's not act shocked like this is some monstrous upset in British boxing history I mean the Brits probably will say that because just because they do but regardless it was not that big an upset I don't really uh have too big an opinion of it Bellew says that he won't be fighting for much longer and chances are at the age of 36 David Hay won't either moving on former heavyweight champion of the world Tyson Fury announced that he is going to be coming back this year uh, he described his battle with depression as the hardest fight of his life but has insisted that he's turned a corner and that uh, he is going to be getting in shape for uh, for later this year I guess that uh, it was he, he originally had a plan to come back on May 13th but the British Boxing Board of Control uh, put a put a halt to that as he's uh, suspended and uh, he said that right now he's uh, 350 pounds which is about 25 stone but uh, he also insists that he has no problem losing the weight and that he's going to be working with his uncle and that they've done it plenty of times before uh, I've criticized Tyson Fury in the past before uh, for his lying about the cocaine addiction and retiring but if he if he's battling depression i'm not going to make joke about that regardless uh hope he can somehow pull his life back together and if he can make a comeback of any kind good for him after all depending upon who wins the anthony joshua versus vladimir klitschko fight it could be very interesting with him back in the mix. So, like I said, I'm not going to kick a man while he's down because of a mental condition. That's 
I poke fun at a lot of things, but I'm not going to do that. I do have my own sort of ethics or morals, if you will. Moving on. Next Saturday is the middleweight unification title fight between Daniel Jacobs, who holds the WBA middleweight championship, and Gennady Golovkin, who holds the WBC, IBF, IBO, and something called the WBA Super World Middleweight title. Yeah, does anybody else need a reminder that sanctioning bodies are probably bigger dicks than the ones that Angel Garcia examines in Philadelphia? Uh, Okay, sanctioning body BS aside, I think this is a a good fight. Uh, Jacobs... Uh, I think a lot of people keep forgetting that this guy is quite the power puncher. 32 wins, 29 of those wins by way of knockout. The last time that he went the distance was back in 2009, and that was against Ishe Smith. He does have the one loss on his record, which was a bit of a uh, surprise upset victory against unknown, undefeated Dimitri Pirog. That was back in 2010. Then he had his battle with cancer. And uh, he was off for 19 months. He had to learn to walk again for two months after his surgery and came back in uh, October of 2012. And since then, after that loss to Pirog and the whole cancer scare, he's been on a winning streak, uh, knocking out fighters like Sergio Mora and Peter Quillen. He made incredibly fast work of Peter Quillen. That was just a one-round knockout. And I remember that last punch that he landed it sounded i i remember at the time it sounded like a baseball bat hitting something it was just that big of a crunch so now he is going up against gennady golovkin the one person who everybody named canelo alvarez does not want to fight he he's a he's he's a bit of a phenomenon in boxing because he is a middleweight champion who actually fights at 160 pounds it's it's a bit extraordinary, really, when you think about it. But, uh, yeah, Gennady Golovkin, what else is there to say? Just anybody who's put in front of him, he's been knocking them out. He actually has not gone the distance since 2008, and that was against um, a fighter named Amar Amari. <laughs> uh, yeah. Golovkin, 36 wins, 33 by knockout, turned pro in 2006. Uh, Golovkin's getting up there in age. He's at age 34 right now, and obviously a lot of people are worried, oh, is Canelo trying to... Well, I don't even know why I'm talking about Canelo. Okay, this is this is something about uh, Jacobs and Golovkin. So I apologize for bringing up the, uh, the name of Canelo Alvarez. Okay, I, I should not have done that, but... Regardless, I think this this could be a very competitive fight, um, but in the end, I have to side with Golovkin just because he's the one who's undefeated. He's the one who's looked like an absolute monster whenever he gets into the ring. Jacobs, yes, that knockout loss was many years ago, but at the same time, it did happen, and Pirog was kind of unknown not that big a puncher, at least I, as far as I can recall anyway. But regardless, I think that Gennady Golovkin is going to knock out Daniel Jacobs probably in the ninth round. 
I will be back uh, in a few weeks to tell you if I'm right or if we have a brand new middleweight champion of the world whom some fighters will avoid. Anyway, that's all we have for you this week. We hope you enjoyed the latest edition of the Boxing for Free podcast. You can find us online at www.boxingforfree.com. That's boxing, the number four, free.com. Twitter.com slash boxing for free. Be like Arislandi Lara, Robert Guerrero, Berman Stavern, Miller Adzizic, Adonis Stevenson, Glenn Johnson. Wow, that's a lot of famous boxers and hundreds of others. And follow us on Twitter. Go to youtube.com slash boxing for free and like us on Facebook. Go to facebook.com slash boxing for free page. You can subscribe on iTunes, Podbean, and several other podcast directories. If you use iTunes, give us a review and let everyone know that the Boxing for Free podcast is your source for boxing news and commentary. I'm Andrew Schweitzer. Thank you for listening, and we hope you tune in next time.